Hello, welcome to the Myths and History of Ancient Greece. Chapter 28, The Face of Agamemnon We know the myth of the Trojan War. We have heard the tale of Agamemnon, Menelaus, Odysseus, Achilles, Hector, Paris and the rest. Everything we have heard so far is myth. If there really was a Trojan War, then it certainly didn't happen in the way Homer told it. The story that he told was passed down through the Greek Dark Ages and would have been changed and embellished by many generations. But, and it is a big but, we heard in the last chapter that Troy and Mycenae really existed. We know that the Mycenaeans and the Trojans had contact with each other. Mycenaean pottery has been found in the ruins of Troy. Could there have been a real Trojan War? Scholars have dated the time of the Trojan War to be around 1250 BC. This puts it near the end of the Mycenaean civilization, and, and so it is perfectly possible that the Bronze Age Greeks fought against the Trojans at this time. In this chapter we will look at the evidence and see if we can decide whether the Trojan War was a real event, and if so, what actually happened. OK, so what do we need to do in order to answer the question? Well we need to look at the evidence. The evidence comes in a few different forms, so let's have a quick look at the types of evidence. First, there is archaeological evidence. There was a lot of debate about Troy and where it was located. Before Heinrich Schliemann performed his excavations, it was believed the Trojan War and even Troy itself were just mythical. It is only since the late 1800s that scholars have believed that Troy even existed. Now most people agree the site excavated by Schliemann is indeed Troy. We will look at the archaeological evidence and see if it tells us anything about the war. Second, there are Homer's works and fragments of other epic poems. Is there any evidence of real events in the Iliad or the Odyssey or the fragments of other poems from the 700s BC? Third, there is documented evidence. The Hittites, who lived in Anatolia and Syria during the same era as the Mycenaeans, produced written records. Some of these records survive, and we will see if they tell us anything about the Trojan War. OK, so what about Troy itself? Heinrich Schliemann was determined to discover Troy and find the ancient city mentioned in the Iliad. His whole purpose was to prove the Trojan War had actually happened. When he discovered the ruins at Hisselec, he declared he had found Troy. Remarkably, scholars today agree with him, and it is generally accepted the site is indeed that of the great city. Schliemann, though, was not right when it came to looking at the remains and working out which part might have been standing during the late Bronze Age when the war is supposed to have happened. Later excavations have shown there is not just one city at the site of Troy. In fact, no fewer than nine cities have existed at the site. Each one has collapsed into ruin and been built over, each time creating a new or rebuilt city. The different layers are numbered from the deepest upward. Schliemann decided the Troy of the Iliad was really, really old, and so must be near the bottom. He dug through the various layers until he reached the layer we now call Troy II. He uncovered a gateway, which he decided must be the Scian Gate, the main gate of Troy outside which Hector was killed. It has since been discovered, though, that Troy too is too old to be the city described in the Trojan War. It was clearly a powerful city, and there was gold and silver found at the site. 
This is probably what confused Schliemann, and he called the gold King Priam's treasure. Evidence also shows that Troy II was destroyed by being attacked, which would make it a possible candidate. Troy II was, though, quite small, and so nothing like as massive and grand as the city described by Homer. Eventually, archaeologists found that Troy II existed from sometime around 2600 BC to 2250, and so was about a thousand years too old to be the Troy of the Iliad. So, which Troy could have been around at that time? There are two candidates. As we don't know exactly when the war took place, or exactly when each Troy was destroyed, we cannot be exact when deciding which Troy was around at the time. The two possible candidates are called Troy VI and Troy VII-A. Both Troy VI and VII-A were impressive cities. Both had city walls and impressive buildings. The citadels measured 200 by 300 metres and were heavily defended. It is clear, though, that the original excavations of Troy VI and VII-A uncovered cities which were not large enough to be the one described by Homer. In the late 20th century, though, a lower city has been found. This part of Troy was outside the city walls and a little way away from the main citadel. Archaeologists have now shown the Troy of this time could have been as large as 10,000 people, which, for Bronze Age times, was a very large city indeed. So which one is our Troy? Well, we think that Troy VI was destroyed sometime around 1300 BC, and Troy 7a around 1190 BC. Either of them could be the Troy of Homer. To find out if one of them could really be the city of the Iliad, we need to know how they were destroyed. Troy 6 was destroyed quickly. There is no evidence of human remains such as bodies in the excavation. There is also no evidence of discarded weapons. Mycenaean pottery has been found in Troy 6, showing that the Mycenaeans knew about and were in contact with the city at this time. The fact that no bodies were found there, though, points to one thing. It is likely the city was destroyed by an earthquake. During an earthquake, people have time to escape. The people of the region would have been used to minor earth tremors and would have known to run away from the buildings very fast when one began. It is likely the people of Troy VI felt the initial tremors and ran for their lives, leaving the city to be destroyed with no one in it. So, Troy VI probably isn't the Troy of Homer. What about Troy 7a? The evidence shows the city was rebuilt quickly after it was destroyed by the earthquake. Troy 7a is very similar to Troy VI, but a little bit more orderly. The city was still very large for the time, and impressively defended with strong walls. The walls show signs of frequent repairs, suggesting that Troy 7a was often attacked. This would seem to indicate that it was subjected to a long siege, or a number of sieges. The strongest evidence for Troy 7a being the Troy of the Iliad, though, is that showing how it was destroyed. In Troy 7a, there are many skeletons. Quite a few bodies were found in their houses. Arrowheads and other weapons have been found. Many people have been buried quickly and hastily. There is also evidence of a fire. It seems that Troy 7a was not destroyed by an earthquake or other natural disaster, but during a war. The evidence of fire shows it could have been invaded and then sacked. Maybe Troy 7a is the Troy of the Iliad. Some people still believe it was Troy 6, though. 
They think the Mycenaeans didn't destroy Troy, but it was destroyed by another invader a bit later. The same invader also destroyed the Mycenaean civilization too, leading to the Greek Dark Ages. This just shows that history is a subject much like any other. It is constantly being revised as a result of new research. Either way, it is likely that Troy 6 or Troy 7a could have been attacked by the Greeks in the Late Bronze Age. Later excavations of the plain outside the ruins of Troy have also found a Mycenaean burial site. So, we have had a quick look at the archaeological evidence. Let's see if anything Homer says in the Iliad or any of the other poems from the time could be based on fact. The first difficult thing to get to grips with is nobody is too sure whether Homer even existed. Some people think that a Homer is actually the name for a travelling bard or travelling poet. Most people, though, believe that Homer was a real person and that he wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. The other great works of the time, which describe the other parts of the Trojan War, have been lost, and we only know about them because later authors mentioned them. We will have to concentrate mostly on the Iliad, which describes the part of the Trojan War, from the quarrel between Agamemnon and Achilles to the funeral of Hector. The first thing to look at is whether Homer describes weapons and armour that were used in the late Bronze Age. And he does. But there is a problem. The description in the Iliad of the hero Ajax describes him as carrying an enormous shield called a tower shield. It was so big that it stretched from his neck to his ankle. These shields were actually used by the Mycenaeans, but not the Mycenaeans that were around at the likely time of the Trojan War. The tower shield was used in the 1600s BC, not the 1200s. Other weapons that he describes, such as the type of spear and sword wielded by the heroes, do fit in well with the times. Homer lived in the Iron Age when iron weapons were used. All of the heroes in the Iliad use bronze weapons. Again, this fits in well. Homer could not have known about this in historical terms, so he must be relating a story from the distant past. The armour and clothing that Homer talks about are also ones found in the late Bronze Age, not the Iron Age. When Hector lifts up his son Astyanax and scares him, Homer tells us that it is a bronze helmet that the little boy is frightened of. The way the Greeks and Trojans used the chariot, though, is from Homer's age. Warriors in the Bronze Age fought from chariots, but in Homer's Iron Age the men dismounted from them and fought on foot. In the Iliad, the heroes use the chariots like taxis, transporting them to the scene of the fighting, after which they dismount and do battle. The chariots in the Iliad are pulled by four horses and have eight spokes in each wheel. Bronze Age chariots were pulled by two horses and had four spokes in each wheel. Homer is describing Iron Age, not Bronze Age, chariot use. Other things don't add up. The heroes of the Iliad often fought duels. There may have been a pitched battle, but then two of the heroes would do battle against each other. Paris versus Menelaus, Hector versus Ajax, etc. This didn't happen in the Bronze Age. When they died, the heroes in the Iliad were cremated. Again, this is an Iron Age practice and did not happen in the Bronze Age. So this is not conclusive. Some of the weapons and methods of fighting are from the Late Bronze Age. Some are from the Iron Age and some are even from before the Bronze Age. Oh dear. Okay, so what about Homer's description of Troy itself? He describes strangely angled walls, which are attacked by Patroclus. 
The excavations of Troy VI show the walls of the late Bronze Age city did indeed have strange angles. Homer also says the following thing in the Iliad. Draw up your people by the fig tree, where the city is openest to attack and where the wall may be mounted. He seems to be saying there is a weak part of the wall. The excavations of the city showed there was a short stretch of wall that hadn't been rebuilt or modernised as much as the rest of the wall. Maybe Homer is describing this. Homer could not have known directly about these features of the walls of Troy. The city that existed when the Trojan War was fought would have already been buried under the earth by the time of Homer. The details he describes must have been passed down through the ages. The Iliad is named after Ilios, an ancient name for Troy. In the Iliad, the Greeks are called Achaeans. Ilium probably comes from an old name for Troy which appears in old Hittite records. By the time Homer was writing, the Greeks were not known as Achaeans. This name, like other parts of the story, must have been part of the long story handed down through the generations. Taking into account all of the evidence from Homer and the ancient poets, do we think they describe reality or are they just stories? The only sensible answer is a big fat don't know. Probably it is a mixture of the two. The story of the war must have been told over and over again by each generation for 500 years. Only after this time was it written down, and then who knows what was real and what was made up. So, we have looked at the archaeological evidence and we have examined the ancient stories. There is one more type of evidence for us to investigate. At the probable time of the Trojan War, there were other civilizations thriving in the area. Some of these civilizations were able to write, and maybe their writings can tell us something about the Trojan War. The most important of these other peoples were the Hittites. The Hittite Empire rose in the 1800s BC and reached the heights of its power in the 1300s, just before the time of the Trojan War. They ruled most of Asia Minor and also bits of Mesopotamia and what we now know as Syria and the Lebanon. Some Hittite writing survives to this day. An interesting thing to note is they mentioned the other civilizations in the area. One of the civilizations they mention was known to them as the Ahiyawa. It is highly likely that this translates to Achaeans, the name used by Homer for the Greeks who attacked Troy. They also mention a city called Wilusa, which later came to be pronounced Ilios. There are some important Hittite documents which mention Ahiyawa and Wilusa. Relations between the Hittites and the Ahiyawa were not always friendly. There were times of war and times of peace between the two peoples. Hittite documents describe an area in Anatolia which they called Asua, which seems to have been in the place occupied by Troy. They say that Asua was made up of 20 small kingdoms, or maybe city-states, which banded together to form a larger group. Asua rebelled against the Hittites in about 420 BC, and they were forced to go and put the rebellion down more than once. They even said the Asuans were helped by the Achiawa. This shows that the Trojans and Greeks had contacts with each other and may even have been friends. Maybe it even shows the Trojan War was not between Greece and Troy at all, but was the Greeks and the Trojans against the Hittites. Hittite records show that at the supposed time of the Trojan War they were hostile towards the Achiawa. 
Unfortunately, there is no documentary record in any of the Hittite sources of a fight between the Greeks and the Trojans. Excitingly, though, there are a number of Hittite tablets which have not yet been deciphered. Maybe one of these tablets will reveal a Hittite version of the Trojan War and will tell us exactly what happened. So, there we are with the evidence. Does it show the Trojan War really took place? Does it show that the Trojan War is a complete myth? What do you think? The most likely explanation is that there was a conflict between the Greeks and the Trojans, maybe involving the Hittites too. The evidence from Troy shows that the city was destroyed at around the right time. The evidence from Mycenae shows a civilization which was at its height at the right time. The evidence from Homer shows he wrote about things which he couldn't possibly have known about and must have been handed down through the generations by storytellers, although many bits were added by him or others. The evidence from the Hittites shows the two peoples had contact with each other. And what does this all mean? Probably it means there was a real conflict involving the Trojans and Greeks. Probably it took place over a longer time than the ten years of Homer's mythical war. Probably a hundred years or more. And probably it wasn't a single conflict. It is likely that there were battles, but in the, between the battles there was peace, and the Greeks went home and were not camped outside Troy. The heroes of the war are probably mythical, not real. 500 years is a long time for each story to be told and retold, and the heroes would have become more and more impressive each time their stories were told. Heinrich Schliemann discovered the remains of Troy and of Mycenae, and began the quest to find out whether the Trojan War was a real event. He was certainly wrong when he declared he had gazed upon the face of Agamemnon, but he succeeded in his quest. Most scholars now agree that some sort of conflict took place, even if it was very different from the one described in the Iliad. Next week, we will look at an age for which there is very little documentary evidence, the age known as the Greek Dark Ages. Please check out the website for this podcast, www.mythandhistory.podbean.com. Please also check out the website for my other podcasts, The Legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, which is at www.mythandhistory2.podbean.com. OK, so have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.